let's crack open a beer and share some thoughts. Welcome to Opinions, and we are back in our kitchen recording studio. We are. We've not been here for ages. I don't know if we've been here this year. I don't think we have. I know, sadly, because... um, Last time we recorded here, um, we still had Dave. Yes, the the, the mascot sadly no longer with us. Sadly no longer with us. So it's uh, he would normally have wanted to uh, feature in some way by now. Yep, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure. I'm sure somehow he's still featuring <laughs> in in the show. Um, and we've got first beer in the glass this evening. Now this is a, a bit of a special beer, in it? and we're quite excited. I'm uh, very excited about having this as well. Um, so and we referenced it on the last show as well. We, we did. So Adnams um, to celebrate the the tenth anniversary of Ghost Ship, which I still can't believe it's. Uh, 10 years old um, have done a series of collaborations yep. with, with, or, or they're going to be doing a series of collaborations with four breweries the first one with Camden Town Brewery and we have the first beer in front of us so this is uh, Camden on Sea it's a 4.6% India Pow Lager um, so very much based on the ghost ship recipe um, but with Camden's very own unique twist on it. Right, can we stop talking about it now? And, and just drink yeah. it. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Oh, it's got a bit of a ghost ship nose. It's, I was going to say, it's, it's got that Adnams nose. It's a long conversion of ghost ship, isn't it? It's, it tastes like ghost ship. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> a little bit more carbonation than normal, perhaps. A bit softer. Yeah, a bit of a, bit of a maybe a slightly fizzier finish yeah. to it. But it tastes like ghost shit. It does taste like ghost shit, but it basically it's lagered ghost shit. Yeah, that, that is brilliant. <laughs> that, that has put um, a massive smile on that both has, of our focuses. Yeah, which is needed at the moment. Very much so. Uh, um, so hops are Pearl and Citra. Malt, Pilsner and Cara, IBUs 20. Very similar to Budvar, if I remember correctly. And apparently, and this is uh, great with spicy Mexican chilli. And suitable for vegans as well. Okay, and I do love that the branding is still distinctly ghost ship as well because it's got the the, the ghost ship um, floating around the background. Yeah, there. no, it's 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 nicely designed. It's a nice colour, and uh, I have to admit, initial taste and smell very favourable. Very favourable indeed. I think we're gonna uh, we're gonna enjoy drinking that. Gonna enjoy drinking that in five minutes. I also think it's not gonna last very long. No, it's not, it's not gonna last long. And if if this is the first of four collaborations this year, I am very excited to see what what the other what three, else comes out. As, especially now, as as we know, so so this was with Camden, and they've done an Indie Pale Lager. Now we know Camden specialise in doing lagers. Yep. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what they're gonna do with Beave Town. Yep. What they're going to do with Cloudwater? Are they going to go down the IPA route, you, hazy IPA, you, New England you, IPA you route with potentially Cloudwater? Think that. And then you've got Magic Rock as well in in there. So I mean, I, I think I think the Cloudwater one might be a given that they're going to do a maybe a Ghost Ship IPA clone sort of thing. Yeah. The other two are a little bit not so sure. What are they going to do? What yeah. are they most well known for? So, so it will be interesting to see what comes out of it, but it's a good start. It's a very good start. And many thanks to uh, Fergus uh, at Adnams, who made sure we got a couple of cans to try on the show. As, as, yeah, as thank as you well. very much. Um, um, do appreciate that. Yeah, I did see it on, um, it was going to come up on tap at the Pelt Trader this week. Yeah. So I admit, I would have 
I would have had to stop myself buying it last week if it had been on, <laughs> just so I could save it for now. Well, that's that's a lovely segue into Beery Adventures because you seem to have, um, pardon the French, hit the fuck it button in, in, <laughs> in, 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 in far as drinking beer out yeah, recently. Well, yeah, whether this will come back to bite me is another matter. But um, bearing in mind everything that's going on, I decided um, on Friday to book the half day. I'd had a very uh, tough week at work, but also perhaps um, anticipating certain things that may or may not come up uh, with regard to advice. And so I met up with a friend of mine in, in the city, went to the Pelt Trader for a few beers, and then thought, oh, I'm going to take myself over to the Colonel then. I still haven't been over there. And then I had a very pleasant couple of hours, on my Todd, <laughs> going through the beers in the Colonel. It's a lovely space. It is a lovely space. They've done it really well. That little mezzanine level at the top for like a group of eight or ten people, really nicely done. Um, it looks good. You know, the beers were cracking. And it just had a lovely feel to it. And it's, it's actually made it, they've managed to make it feel quite bright. Yes, but yeah. As yeah. well. Um, it, you know, it got busy on the Friday, but it wasn't packed and it wasn't noisy. It just had a lovely vibe and feel to it. So no, that was, that was, that was really good. I, no real standout, standout beers other than me saying that all of the beers were really good. Yeah. If you know what I mean. But it was more about getting out. It's, it's great to be able to try them... Pretty much from the source, yes. isn't it? Oh, yeah, of course. In, it in is. terms of Colonel, yeah, come on, beers. I mean, um, it's been a while since we've been able to do that, yeah, with Colonel beers. So it was definitely somewhere I will go back to again when things have settled down. And I know that Michelle definitely wants to go as well. And we always tie with a little visit to her to her nan as well, who mm-hmm. only lives about five minutes walk away. Um, I don't think she goes to the Colonel though. No, I, I don't imagine. No, so. no, but that was good. Um, but then I woke up on the Saturday and thought I'd do something similar again. <laughs> <laughs> I was, I was, I must admit, I was watching watching your journeys from a distance through through a, a slightly green tinted pair of glasses. I was like, "Fucking hell, he's out again!" <laughs> yeah. So on Saturday, um, Michelle was working during the day. Um, I was thinking, "Oh, okay," and there's no trains. But then she had to go to South End to pick up the boy she was doing the respite care for. So I said, "Well, do you want to give me a lift?" And then she was going to be out for five or six hours. So then I thought. It's a nice day. I can walk to Craftworks in South End, which is uh, the crafty bar in South End that's been open for about a year now. And then I thought I'll go to uh, Mile and a Third, and there's a guy who I used to work with and now currently work with again who lives near there. And Mile and a Third celebrated their first birthday recently. And Mile and a Third is in um, Westcliff. And because that wasn't enough. I then decided to walk to the West Road Tap, which is a micro pub. And again, had some nice beers there, met up with Michelle, um, who apparently could tell that I'd had a few drinks. Don't know how, don't know how she could tell that. And uh, it, it was a really nice day. And it was just nice to get out, talk to people and see people and think, okay, that's that's good, I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'm not just sitting at home. Because a Saturday normally, where Michelle was out working, would have meant me watching Soccer Saturday. There's no point. You cancel all the bloody football. Could do that, yeah. yeah. Um, so the, the, all I would have been watching was then talk about what happened last week and what might happen as and when it all started up again. I thought, I can't do that. So I got out. And then on Sunday, <laughs> I uh, went out with Michelle. We went for a long walk into Rayleigh and uh, we went to Crafty Casks and um, just had a few nice drinks there. Came home, had a few beers from the fridge. And then today, I'm now drinking with you, Steve. 
then I'll have a bit of time off. Yeah, quite a bit of time off, it, it seems. Yeah, it seems. Uh, you know, you know the, the night of recording is the 16th of March. Normally, I would have been looking forward to my annual get-together with the family to go and drink some Guinness in uh, off the Holloway Road. But we're not doing that this year either. No, I don't suppose you are. No. Are, are you still planning to, to, to celebrate at all? Were you, were you crack a stout at all? tomorrow i don't know if i will it won't be quite the same it's, it's about going out with the family on st patrick's day for me isn't just about having the beers yeah um so no it's a, it's a shame because it's it's a long time since we've uh not got together but my brother paul who lives in germany the one who lives in cologne had taken the decision about a week ago that he couldn't afford to be on the wrong side of his border if something happened and as it turns out, today or yesterday, then Germany has now started to close its borders, as a lot, a lot of Europe. So he did make he made the right decision. I think he took a hit on the um, on on the travel, but he didn't have a hotel. So he was going to stay at mum and dad's anyway. Um, so and also, my parents are in the mid seventies, and again, exercising a bit of caution. Didn't think it was great for them to be train at tube, hot pubs and Holloway Road, uh, busy pubs, as they might have been at the time. So yeah. I have done my best to squeeze as many beery adventures as possible into the last four days. Uh, in comparison to that, I've not really done much. <laughs> so I felt like I felt like Tom on the uh, Men Behaving Badly <laughs> there, just doing a long rambling list of stuff. Yeah, I, I had bottle share at, at, at the beginning of March. Uh, always a fun evening. Uh, a lot of good beers shared, um, as as always. And and I've I've been doing a, a a fair bit of drinking at home, just drinking through some some stocks. But the the, the one um, evening out I did get came about at, at a fairly short notice actually. Um, so friend of the show Ed Razzle um, has is in the process of setting up his own brewery, Symmetry Brewing, um, and he's uh, recently brewed his first beer with Owl Farm, um, who are based in Denmark. Yep. Um, and he's been going around the country launching the beer at, at various places. It's West Coast IPA called Let's Go Back to California. Uh, and with about three days' notice, that he organised the launch night of the Vic in, in Colchester. So um, to say that I dropped everything would be an understatement. Um, <laughs> I dropped everything to get down to the Vic that evening. And Ed was um, good enough to, to sit down with us as, as well for, for a chat about the, the, the beer. So I'm here with Ed, and I'm at the uh, the Victoria Inn, which is our spiritual home, as many of our listeners will know. Welcome to the show, Ed. Thanks, Stevie. Um, and I'm here to celebrate the fact that you've got a, a beer on here tonight, and it's the it's the first beer from your new brewery. Yeah, West Coast IPA, brewed in Copenhagen, middle of January. It's over here. It's tasting good. It's quite weird to have my beer on in this pub because it's literally one of my favourite pubs in the world. I've got I've got a pint. I've not tasted it yet. I'm, I'm, I'm quite excited. excited. So I'm excited for you. Go. Excellent. Brilliant. Um, well, cheers, cheers, Ed. It's uh, nice of you to, to yeah. give me a little bit of time to chat to you. No worries. It's an initial sweetness there. Really kind of a bit of sweetness, a bit juicy, a bit tropical. And then the um, the bitterness starts to come through slowly. Yeah. To, towards the end there is this that in, intentional yeah you know uh the, uh the way i like to make beer is make someone have another pint of it so you've got to make it delicious all the way down the glass and through every sip okay we'll talk about the beer a little bit more as as, as we go on um but i'm, I'm interested in because um it's, it's possible that, that a lot of our listeners 
maybe haven't come across you before. Okay. Um, obviously, Martin and Martin and I know you because you are sort of a, an East Anglia lad. Yeah. Um, so, so, so just just tell us what your um, what your brewing journey has has been. Where did you start, and what's the journey that you've been on now to to the point of sort of owning and, and starting up your own brewery? Uh, well, complicated is the answer. But uh, <laughs> so I did a degree in molecular biology. Uh, and one of the specialisms that I did was in fermentation, so looking at yeast and bacteria and that kind of thing. And then <clears throat> ended up in Suffolk running a little tiny brew pub out the back of uh, an amazing pub in Stratford and Mary, uh, and did that for I don't know f- four or five years. Um, and that was that was a two hundred liter brew kit, and just making some pretty cool beers. And then there was a job opportunity advertised at Adnams. Shout out to the Adnams Massive, uh, which I, I got. It was a pretty weird interview, if I'm honest, because Fergus and Dan are some of my best mates uh, before I even started at Adnams. So it was kind of like, oh, do you want the job? Yeah, okay, fine. Yeah, let's go to the pub. Uh, <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, that that, that, that was, simple? Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then so I started there. I can't remember. It's all blurred into one. Probably f- uh, three, four. Four years ago, I don't know. Was there for three, four years. Uh, that was a pretty weird step up from from the brew kit at the Swan, which was two hundred liters, to the brew kit at Adnams, which is forty thousand liters, just overnight. That's that's a massive step up, mate. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's not just the, so it's not a little one. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. Uh, so yeah, spent an amazing time there. You know, Fergus and the team are bloody brilliant. Uh, Learned a lot. Um, decided to open my own brewery like the crazy man that I am. Uh, and now brewing at Burnt Mill, which is another one of my favourite breweries in the world. The crew there are brilliant, really, making some really tasty, more you know, more adventurous beers than Adnams, but you know, still really good. And yeah, so we've got a, a barn in the middle of nowhere in Suffolk, which is pretty cool, uh, which we're currently kitting out. I've got the builders there on Monday, so yeah, just that's my that's my that's my life. And because uh, I know we've chatted before, you also spent a bit of time in the states, yeah. learning a little bit of yeah, yeah, brewing in the states as well. Yeah, so I I was lucky enough to be a, a scholar. F- um, I got a fully paid scholarship for a few weeks, um, almost two months, to go out and work at Sierra Nevada. Which, you know, they're the OG craft brewery in the Absolutely, states. Absolutely, yeah. And that was an amazing experience as well. So spending time on the west coast, most people of a particular age started drinking West Coast IPAs. You got, you're talking about Plenty, uh, Plenty the Elder, Plenty the Younger, all the Stone Beers, Sierra Nevada's IPAs, like the, the really crisp, bright, bitter, aromatic IPAs that, you know, probably started a lot of beer journeys for a lot of people. You know, definitely for me. And, you know, so this is just my homage to that. Mm-hmm. And so so tell, us, tell us about the beer. So this is brewed with a uh, brewery in Copenhagen uh, by a friend of mine. Well, I brewed it out there with him, but he's also from Suffolk. Um, brewed it there, uh, and you know it's the kind of beer that we grew up drinking. Um, West Coast classic bitter I- uh, IPA with Cascade, Simcoe, and Amarillo. Some real nice classic West Coast hops. It's called Let's Go Back to California. Yeah, six point seven seven percent. Yeah, um, really, really. Really drinkable. Yeah, uh, I mean that that like I say that initial swig of it 
is, is is really soft and really introduces you to the beer and, and then the bitterness does begin to grow. I mean it's it's crystal clear. It's um unfiltered by the way. It really this is all through cellaring, yeah. Yeah. A little on the darker side of, of, of sort of amber. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You'd say probably again more more in the classic style of, yeah, of, of West Coast IPA, and and this is so this is your that the brewery that you're setting up is called Symmetry. Yeah. So this is your first official release. Yes. So, so to speak, yeah. a, a yeah. collaboration with Our Farm. Yeah. Um, you say you've you're obviously kitting out a barn in in, in Suffolk. Um, how long is that going to take until we start seeing some beers coming coming through from from the brewery? Just just drone stuff. Um, so I've got a deadline. I want to be brewing by the end of June. As ever, these things take way longer than you ever expect them to take, mm-hmm. and cost way more than you expect them to take. Cost, uh, but yeah, hopefully this summer we should be up and running, doing um, you know three or four core beers, clean, you know standard as it were beers and then big passion of mine is wild and mixed fermentation so when i really kick off along with the guys at little earth project mm-hmm. and duration like make east anger into this hub of mixed fermentation beers it'd be really good yeah so are you going down the um route of having some core beers and then other beers around that or is it just going to be whatever think, you've got coming up whatever no, ingredients no, no, you've I've, got to I've done a lot of thinking about it like lots of breweries just release a new beer every two weeks or whatever mm-hmm. it is and, that's nice it's not sustainable in my eyes you know I guess consumers are always looking for the latest new thing but I don't, I want to be known as the guy that produces beers that you walk into a pub and go right Symmetry I'll have a pint of that I've seen that beer before I've had it before like it's got to be you know a total classic knockout beer every time that everyone wants to buy rather than oh I'm buying it because it's new I want people to buy it because they know it and trust it well, the, the, the beer's quite widely available, so hopefully yeah. our listeners will be able to get hold of some. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously, let us know what you think of it, if, if you do manage to get hold of it. Um, I know you've got an event to kind of host here tonight at, at, at the Vic, so I'm not I'm not going to keep you any longer. Thank you very much for your time, Ed. Oh, my pleasure. Um, one last opportunity. Where do people find Symmetry on, on, on the socials? Uh, at Symmetry Brewing across everything, because I'm totally organised about that kind of thing. Okay, fantastic. We'll put a link in the show notes Perfect. so yeah, people can find it. Ed, Cheers. good luck, mate. Thanks, buddy. Cheers. So it was it was great to get to try Ed's beer with him in as he said in that interview in the pub that he's is one of his favourite pubs on the planet and he's always wanted to get have get have one of his own beers sold in. It was a it was a real moment for him to be selling his own beer in, in the Vic Inn in Colchester. I can imagine because I mean obviously he used to work at the uh, the Swan at Stratford St. Mary, which is only a few miles outside of Colchester yeah. as well. So yeah, he's familiar with the Vic Inn. Uh, did he did he have it on tap? It was on tap. Yeah, it was a 20, 20 litre keg. Okay. On on on. Because you, you managed to uh, get down to two brews as well, didn't you? Yes, and, and, and get up. some cans of it as well. So, um, well, first of all, your thoughts on the beer? Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I, I'd say it was in terms of style wise, West Coast IPA. It was a little sweet initially, um, but that soon gave way to the West Coast flavours that you used to and it had a bitter finish that just went on for days. It, yeah, it was I, just so well balanced. I mean, I had it just from the can because obviously I couldn't make it to the Vic for, for the launch night. Um, so grateful to you for getting down to two brews to, to purchase a couple. Really enjoyed it, really easy to drink. Um, again, it's very well balanced. I know what you're saying about that sweetness, but that once you'd had a few mouthfuls, the sweetness didn't seem, didn't seem so apparent. 
No, it, it kind of it disappeared very quickly. Yeah, um, really good beer. Um, it's made me curious for trying a few more beers from our farm as well. Yeah, um, I am really looking forward to to, to Symmetry launching though. Um, as, as, as Ed said, said in the interview there, they are just over the border in Suffolk um, due to launch later on this year. Um, looking to have some, some, some core beers and, and also some, some wild and mixed fermentation stuff, which is really a, a bit of a passion of Ed's as well. Yeah, I mean, good luck to him. We know him, um, you know, for anyone who remembers, he, he's the, he was the inspiration for doing the um, my ghost ship wedding special. Yes. For yeah. me when he was at Adams. So, oh, well, quite happy to always try his beers when he brings them out. And, you know, good luck to him with Venture. Yeah, abs- absolutely. Um, which brings us quite nicely on to, to the news. Um, so, just a couple of things this week. First one, um, and this happened pretty much the day after the last show. Of course so it, it did. It feels like it happened a long time ago now. Uh, the Portman Group put out a load of new rulings. Um, one of which was against Lost and Grounded running with scepters. Um, <laughs> I feel as though you're already getting upset uh, about this. Um, so it once again has upheld a single complaint against one of Lost and Grounded's core beers. Um, and that happens to sell into Waitrose. Happens to sell in Waitrose. Interestingly, on the Portman website, they've now removed where in the country that Waitrose is from all previous complaints. So mm. it's somewhere in the southwest of England, and there is a single person that keeps going in, finding beers, complaining about them, and getting rulings made against them. Um, that is more than a coincidence, as far as I'm concerned. But but let's let's yeah. come back to fact that we've got right now. So um, Lost and Grounded put out a statement. Um, so co-founder Annie Clements um, her said, among other things, the product is integral to our brand story, and to change it and its branding would be costly. And to do this based on a single complaint is simply not practical, and has the potential to cause significant financial damage to our small independent business. Um, in its submissions, the Portman Group, uh, the bre- to the Portman Group, the brewery highlighted numerous factors indicating why it why it believes the ruling is incorrect. The product has been on the market for over three years. It's been featured widely in known publications such as BBC Six Music Magazine and the London Economic, and in 2019 was featured on BBC Saturday Kitchen Live. Despite significant exposure, the product has never previously received a complaint. Annie then went on to say, we feel the decision by the Portman crew is incorrect and it does, does not consider the nature of today's beer market. This is a product sold at premium price point in a 440ml can in the beer section of stores. The product is clearly identified as an India Power Lager on the front of the can. Um, and then they, they go on to say that basically, uh, I think Lost and Grounded have no intention of following Portman's ruling. They're going to keep the branding as it is and they're aware that this may will more than likely result in the product being delisted from Waitrose stores. Um, but they're hoping that their stance on refusing to change it will be a catalyst for a change in the way that the Portman Group applies the legislation. It's just getting laughable now, though, isn't it? It, it is. This is getting laughable. I mean, I don't, I don't, understand, I, I, I actually, I don't understand. And I think uh, the, the messages that came out from Annie at Lost and Grounded all made perfect sense to me. And obviously, I know that Seba got involved as well. Yes, yeah. Um, but anyone in their, what I would consider their right mind, I don't see how you can have a problem with something. And also, as I said, 
It's three years out there now. It's three years in the well, wild. It's it, it does seem to this one in particular seems particularly crazy because a complaint was made against both running receptors and Keller Peels, which had very similar branding. Yeah. But only running receptors was upheld. Why? Um, there's a lot of suggestion because there's more cartoon animal characters on on the the running receptors, but but still it this this still feels like a particular individual has some sort of vendetta against craft beer. Yeah, definitely. It, it, it and that is how it feels now. But you shouldn't be able to have that one person shouldn't be able to have that much power. No, and and this is uh, I think I think you said that obviously Zebra have now got involved. James James Calder from Zebra's now involved. He's he's been meeting and he's written to to the Portman Group, um, and I think discussions are underway in terms of that that particular point of it being one complaint can have this much impact. Has it has to change at this point? Surely. Yeah, because it's if you. It, if you are the one individual and for whatever reason you've got a vendetta or you, you generally don't like it, there's got to be some sort of threshold. Yeah. There's got to be a threshold whereby they say, well, look, quite frankly, mate, you're the only person complaining about this. No one else has complained about it. So we're not even taking it any further. It shouldn't even go to the panel. Yeah, because this, this complainant has made complaints against, and, and all, again, all in, all in white shows, the entirety of Beaver Town's range... Um, the entirety of the new Oakham canned range, both have lost and grounded cans. Yeah, so basically going through the Waitrose stock. Yeah, it's it it's just crazy, and and yes, I I I think at this stage it it needs to change. Yeah, it needs to change. I mean, you know, we 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 would still prefer to have uh, the Portman Group, but the Portman Group can't be trusted to do it. They're just bringing legislation and get rid of the Portman Group. Because at the moment, I'm not sure it could do much worse. I don't. I don't think it can do much worse than that at all. And there's, well, you know, there's much. There's things. I mean, hard seltzers. How is how is that shit not raised any any flags at all? Well, yeah, because it's it's, it's it's alcoholic water. It's, it's, but yeah, it's basically alcoholic water. And and having tried one recently, um, we we tried one after the most recent bottle share. Somebody had some samples with them, which I shared, and it was literally like drinking flavoured sparkling water. So basically they're making an alcoholic drink to not taste like alcohol at all, just to appeal to people who want to be the next stuff quickly. Yeah, and that's that's where the Portman Group should be focusing their efforts. Not on removing the creativity and frankly beautiful design work that, yeah. that are on Lost and Grounded cans. You know, as we've spoken before, uh, all of their cans tell a story. It's all part, it's part of the landscape, isn't it? Yeah, to... to and, and I'll, you know, good on them for standing their ground and saying, no, we're not going to change this. Yeah, and I, I hope they don't, it doesn't cause them too much financial pain because we know that they were expand, putting in some new new tanks down there as well and they were yeah. expanding operations. Part of that would have been based on the amount of beer they sell into Waitrose. Yes, yeah. So, fingers crossed, it, you know, it not only gets the conversation started, but it doesn't have too many negative connotations for our friends at Lost and Ground. Yeah, hopefully it's the catalyst for, yeah. for, for much needed change. Um, next up on the news, a story from, uh, came out in the morning advertiser. Um, and sadly, 
um, that we're seeing again the decline in the number of pubs that are, are managing to stay open so um, based on um, research done by Market Growth Monitor from CGA and Alex Partners found pubs, restaurants and bars and other licensed venues closures fell by 1.8% in 12 months to December 2019. Um, so that's roughly equates to 994 pubs have closed in the last 12 months. Just under a thousand, that's still yeah, a lot. That's... I, know, I know they're extolling the virtues when it's gone down by less than 2%, but when you have absolute numbers, that's a lot. That's that's a lot. And when, when you link that to the news that we've heard today. Yeah, day of recording, um, all to do the coronavirus, basically our social distancing. Yes, and that we, uh, the government, are urging us to not go to pubs, clubs and social venues. Yeah, me um, and Steve are two metres apart right now. We're just shouting at each <laughs> other uh, across the bar. <laughs> it's it's not good news for the industry. No, the it's moment, not. It's, it? I mean, it's not good news for any industry at the moment but obviously the one the one which we particularly love and you know we focused on many times about enjoying a beer in the pub uh pub tap room license venue wherever it may be um i i i'm not I, i'm not even going to say we have i think it's right or wrong in so much as the health aspect but i know that there are people who see it as a lifeline for their reason to get out of the house in the first place and then there's all those people that run and work in those in those joints and the ones who work and rely on tips oh as absolutely well. yeah they, you know and it's i it's just you know we never closed we didn't close pubs during the world wars they may have they may have reduced the hours and watered down a beer but we didn't close close them yeah well I, to, to, based on that, I mean, t tonight I was I, I, I was chatting to Emma before we were recording. She was saying that her her sister works in a pub, and um, while she was on the phone to me, she was saying, "Oh, I just had a message from my sister. They've they've reduced the pub hours because there's just no one coming in it." Mm -hmm. And then in in the in the course of the same phone call, she then received another message from her sister saying, "I've just had a message saying not not to bother coming in for the rest of the week because there's no hours for me." So that's that's a very real impact. Very real impact. What what this is having, and, and will be multiplied. It, it will, and it's like we say, it's it's not just in in in, in pubs and tap rooms and, and other licensed venues. This is going to be we're, we're going to see this impact rolling on to, you, you know, I've I, I've been watching the situation basically unfold on Twitter today with, you know, a lot of breweries saying, well, we don't know what to brew at, at the moment because we've we've got no we've got no one to sell it to. No. Right, and you, especially for those breweries which don't do small pack, you're yeah. not even selling. You're not even selling it online to get someone to deliver it to you for your home. Purchases. Yeah. So, so if you're if you're if you're a cask predominant brewery, there's no point you brewing anything at the moment. No. Unless because you can't sell it anywhere. No, exactly. I mean, it's 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 a tough one, isn't it? Because it's you know I'm not trying to say, like I said I don't want to say whether the advice is right or wrong, but the economic consequences of all these decisions that are being taken at the moment. Will eventually outweigh the consequences of the actual virus. Oh, without a doubt, I think unfortunately, we're going to again not just in not just in the beer industry, we're going to see a lot of businesses fold over this. Um, and you know, we can we can only do our little bit in our little corner of the world within beer to to, to support some of the 
so some of the businesses out there, can't which, we? which I did try to do for the last four days. You've, you've done you've done your best. Yeah, I've done my best on, on my yeah. own for four days, but that ain't going to do anything for anyone, is it? No, it's it's not. But you know, it's it's, it's a time where I, I suppose as a community we need to be pulling together a little bit in terms of let's 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 make sure we're buying beer online from independent stockists. Yeah. If we can, let's see if we can buy some small pack from our local breweries. Let's let's just all do what we can right right now to kind of help help each other through this. Yeah, no, I'd agree, and you know, um, good luck to everyone. Absolutely, and and let's let's hope everyone comes out the other side. Yeah, just, yeah. just stay safe, people. Stay, yeah? stay safe, stay healthy, and hopefully it won't ride for quite as long as people are fearing. But who knows? Yeah, so it's. I've finished my beer. Yes, it's tough to segue back into that. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, there's no point yeah. even trying on this occasion. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I have finished my beer because basically I wanted to say to you, I want to go and get another one. Okay. So, uh, what was your final thoughts on uh, the collaboration? It's uh, it's it, it's 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 ghost ship lager. Yeah. It's so brilliantly tasty. It feels like a summer beer, though, doesn't it? It yeah. feels like you you could really crush this on a on a hot day in Southwold, not far from the beach. Yeah. Get a, few, a pack of those. Yeah, I mean, it absolutely is. The the, the flavour absolutely is. Oh, it's ghost ship essence it's th- through and through and through. It's ghost ship essence. What Adams and Camden have done here with 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 the Camden on Sea India Pale Lager is is produce a beer that is is the very best of what both of those breweries do. Which is what we've talked about with collaboration before. Sometimes I think in the past we have said, "How have you managed not to get the best of both your breweries?" Yeah, or more. Um, Whereas on this one, I think they're, what I consider to be their flagship beers for both these breweries have come together quite nicely. Absolutely, yeah. Absolutely stunning stuff. So, again, thanks, thanks Fergus, for getting them through to us. And I think that's available, again, going back to what we're saying, that's now available on the Adams web shop. Moving on to the next beer then. Uh, what have we got in front of us now? Well, we've had to wait a little while to try this one, haven't we? We, we have, yeah, because <laughs> again, this was sent to us pretty much straight after we had finished... Our, our last recording here maybe yeah before we went on the road for a bit yeah and uh, so this is uh the beer which you may have seen advertised um this is the beaver town spurs so this is done over at the uh the spurs spurs ground one of our own ipa now um i was quite keen to take t- try this one myself it's 4.9 percent it looked the pictures look quite nice the reviews mm-hmm. look quite good um I was just basically hoping they were going to send me to a match to try it. <laughs> so it's quite ironic that now we're trying the football-related beer when there's when, no football. When, when there's no football, yeah. And I think I'm right in saying that this was only um, put into small pack to send out for, for, for as samples. Yeah. So normally the only place you can buy this is actually at White Hart Lane. Yes, and I think they brought out a glass as well, but the glass wasn't for sale. Oh, really? Yeah. At the time, and I spoke to one of my, my friends who was a Spurs season ticket holder, I imagine at some point that will change because I reckon they'll get so many requests because it's very much a Spurs branded glass. Yeah. Um, all right, should we dive in on this? Yeah, let's... 4.9% let's, let's, IPA. Let's, let's give it a try. Cheers. It's quite lemony, actually. It's really lemony. It's really easy. It feels like what they've done is a produced a beer that sits perfectly between neck oil and gamma ray. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> uh, which has been missing. Yeah. The, if you think about their wider range, there is a bit of a, a gap between the strength of neck oil and gamma ray. I yeah. love both those beers. This does sit nice in between. 
So you're giving people who go into football without it maybe having to go up to almost 6% for your gamma ray hit. You get this sitting in between, which is still under 5%. Yeah. And let's face it, compared to most football clubs, and I know there are some exceptions, and we know there are some out there who do have some nice beers landing these days, but the vast majority of them don't. It'll be Green King, uh, you know, often the Green King will have tied up their sponsorship yeah. deals. That's the only ones they're selling, maybe some Heineken, something like that. If I was going to football, I'd quite happily have a couple of pints of this before the match. You could, you could easily enjoy a few pints. Yeah, of it, definitely. So, uh, no, well done. And, quite, um, quite a nice you know, time. Thank, thank you, Beaver Town, for sending them out to us. Yes. They did get them out quickly. Sorry we're taking so long to uh, get around to them, but it looks right to me, though. It's it's look, it's drinkable enough. And, and like I say, I think it sits at that perfect point. Yeah. It's, it's, certainly in terms of that ABV. Is it going to blow anyone away? Of course it ain't. But like I said, when you normally go to football, you don't expect to get blown away by the beer. No, this and, is and, nice. when, and when you've got a, a brewery that's actually based in your home ground, you, you kind of want them to be producing a, 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 a flagship beer. I'd, I'd, I'd want that unique beer. Yeah, this is this is our stadium beer. Here you go. Yeah. Try this. You can only get it in the stadium. Yeah, it's, it's a great. It's an point. absolute USP, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, definitely. Well, while we're enjoying this, let's dive in to this week's question. Opinions, 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 opinions. Which wasn't actually a poll this week. Uh, we thought we'd do, to try and lighten the mood a little bit, yep. we, we thought we'd do one of our uh, fantasy-themed shows. And this one was a suggestion that was made to us by uh, the Owl Lady, at the Owl Lady, who quite simply said, five living folk you've never met who you'd like to buy a beer for. And I think it's fair to say this is a little bit of a twist on uh, something similar that men behaving badly did with each other. Which was four people, five people, one of them dead, one of them fictional, yeah. and three of them alive. They, they had a little bit more criteria to it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we, 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 we've, we've got to run with the version presented to us by the Ale Lady. So there you go, Steve. Who's your first... Who, who do you want to buy a beer for? Okay, so we're, we're going to do ours, aren't we? Yeah, we're, but we're, we're going to take turns yes. in, in, in doing these. So first one on my list, and, and this is where I do feel like I am literally uh, reading from Men Behaving Badly's um, <laughs> script sheet here. Uh, first one on my list is Dave Grohl from, from The Free Fighters. <laughs> uh, that man loves a beer. I would love to be able to sit down with him and, and buy him a beer and just talk about his career... Um, and if he ever really thought that Foo Fighters were going to ever become as big as they did when he first started them after after leaving Nirvana, um, in in my mind he's potentially up there as one of the greatest musicians of all time, and and I would quite happily spend up to six pound ninety five on a pint for him. Well done, up to six pound. <laughs> very specific, very specific. Ah, uh, you know, um, I think that's a great one. I mean, I think. You know, I've, I love the Foo Fighters as well, but most most of their stuff, and I've seen them two or three times. Um, I reckon that would be a heady night. I don't think it would be one beer. No, it wouldn't be one beer, and I I think you'd have a sore head the next day. I I, I think so. I think it definitely uh, it definitely drink me under the table. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's be honest. Yeah, I I, I I put my money on it being Dave. Still up on the table. Yeah. You, no. No, no, Steve's, not so Steve's gone. He's wandered. Yeah, yeah. Um, so who's who's your first? Okay, so I mean, I think it's probably important to say that I've written this list down, but I don't think it's a particular order. But my first one would be Kenny Dalglish. So Liverpool, great, both as a player and as a manager. Or player, player, manager, and then a manager. Um, 
I would just like, you know, he was a hero. My, most of mine are related to growing up. Uh, and some may argue that I haven't yet. So who, <laughs> who knows where that goes. But Kenny Dalglish was a, a definite hero of mine as a, as a Liverpool fan when I was growing up. I just thought he was such a class, class player. Um, I would just love to talk to him about his, his footballing life, the time at Liverpool, the time he was part of some of those fantastically great sides in the 70s and 80s and winning, winning the European Cup, win, winning league titles. Um, so yeah, he would... So I, I, don't even, I don't know what sort of drinker he is, um, but I would love to have a, a beer with him, definitely. Do, do you see that being in quite an old school boozer? Maybe one that's got a bay window where you'd sit at the table enjoying a few no, pints over I the course it, of an I, afternoon? I reckon it'd be in a golf club. Oh, okay. So many fo- I'm pretty certain Kenny Douglas is a golfer, and so many footballers are golfers. I reckon it'd be in a golf club. Be fairly limited on your beer choices. I'm going to be very limited on my you? beer choices. <laughs> I w- I would take the hit on my beer choices if it meant sharing some time with Kenny Dalglish. Yeah. So yeah, I would I would I'll take the hit on that. I'll take I'd have a I'd have a pint of Doom Bar <laughs> if I was sitting there with Kenny Dalglish. Well, I, I, you, you know, you get you get the opportunity to buy one of your idols a pint. It, it, it yeah. could be a pint of anything. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So who's who's next up for you then? Um, again, rather apt that we're recording today, uh, which is. Uh, among certain circles known as 316 Day. So my, my second choice would be uh, the wrestler Stone Cold Steve Austin. Um, I, again, feeling like I'm still reading off Men Behaving Badly script <laughs> here. Um, I think the man um, actually defined a particular era of, of wrestling and has been one of only... A very small number of wrestlers that have transcended the squared circle and moved on to become household names. I know who he is. I would put him up there with Hulk Hogan, The Rock, and maybe John Cena as as being the others that are household names. Yeah, I I I, I know Stone Cold Steve Austin, and it's not because I've watched him wrestling. Yes, because you're always seeing gifts of him. Well, there is that as well. <laughs> probably, <laughs> probably. But yeah, no, I just think, you, you know, when, when he was at his peak in, in, in WWE, obviously he was known for being a beer-swilling, um, foul-mouthed son of a gun. But he still presents uh, a regular weekly podcast on wrestling. There is a beer named after him as well. He's got his Broken Skull Challenge on one of the channels which is basically like an endurance program okay you know and i I just would love to sit down with him and 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 talk about how most of what he did seemed to come in in an industry that's very scripted and very laid out most of what he did seemed to be very very natural and seemed to get the perfect audience reaction every time and i'd love to just have the discussion about that with him oh he definitely seems to have worked out what to do and when to do it yeah and he was there at the right time as well. So, so who's next on your list? Uh, Paul McCartney. I expected this one to be on here somewhere. <laughs> uh, other than it just being five of the various actors that have either played the Doctor or Bond, um, I, I would have absolutely guessed that Paul McCartney would have been on this list. Yeah, um, he is my all-time favourite artist. The Beatles are one of my all-time favourite bands that I listen to. I've always liked uh, Paul McCartney stuff. I first got to Paul McCartney probably around about the time Pipes of Peace. And I think I was just fascinated by the story behind the video of the Germans and English playing football and then discovered that there was quite a lot of back catalogue. 
it's cost me a fortune over the years because it went right back to the 50s going and trawling through record and tape exchanges picking up Beatles albums here left right and centre before CDs um, and again a bit of a Liverpool connection um, he's, a, he's a Liverpool fan as well and he's played he's played at Anfield as in you know done a gig there and again I'd just like to talk to him about you know the, the heady days of the 60s and with the beat being part of the Beatles from the inside out yeah um and I've seen, I've you know I've seen various tribute acts for the bootleg Beatles and stuff like that. But uh, I've seen Paul McCartney three or four times as well. And I love hearing the Wings stuff, the solo stuff, the Beatles stuff. For me, it just ticks ticks so many boxes, and it would be great fun to share a beer with him. Well, well, he's an artist that going back to one of mine, Dave Grohl, very much looks up to Paul yeah. McCartney and very much cites him as an inspiration for a lot of his stuff. And I think Dave Grohl guested at the Liverpool gig. Uh, yeah, they've they've recorded a track together. As, as well which um, went out on an album that wasn't a Foo Fighters album it was called Sound City which was basically Dave Grohl doing a number of songs with his idols and, and one of those was with Paul McCartney I think there's a Stevie Nicks track on there as well and there's, there's lots of other different tracks that, that, that Dave Grohl essentially worked with these artists to produce songs for that album so he's done something similar to what we're doing but we're we're not doing anything with our talent apart from drinking beer yes yeah they're just gonna drink beer with these people that's that's all we're doing yeah yeah (laughs) don't go actually wrote and recorded songs and we say oh well we'll buy you a beer (laughs) (laughs) number three um this one goes back to my childhood actually and um uh, a time of when there were very few channels on the television and, and you had to watch most of your sport on, on, on one of the main channels. You had no choice. And, and a man who was a huge inspiration to me growing up and was one of the original reasons why I got into athletics as a youngster, and that was Daley Thompson. I would, I would absolutely love to sit down with, with, with Daley and, and, and talk to him about his successes as, as a decathlete over many, many years as, as well. Well, I mean... 1980 Olympic golds, 1984 Olympic yeah. gold, and if it hadn't been for a few unlucky moments and been injured on the run up to 1988, you could have done it again. Yeah. So he used to train at um, at New River in Hackney. Oh really? In, in Harringay, yeah. and um, so I used to, I did see him train every now and again because that was about ten minutes walk from my secondary school at the time. Yeah. As well, I think that'd be brilliant. I think that'd be, I think that'd actually be a laugh. Uh, yeah, because a few times I've seen him on interviews and commentating, he does seem like he's got a real sense of humour to him as well. Yeah. And, and I think that would be a really enjoyable afternoon. Yeah, I think that would be, well. be good fun talking about some of his decathlon rivals, but also how he maintained that level for such a multidisciplined sport. Yeah, but also, yes. Also, though, I think he bought decathlon to the public consciousness. Oh, definitely. As, as, as well, because uh, I, I had never heard of it before I'd, I'd seen it. And then all of a sudden there was this man and he was doing all these different events and he was always smiling and joking about yeah. on the television and he, he, he became an instant, an instant sort of hero almost to me. Oh, yeah, I thought he, he, he was brilliant. He was really good. I think that's a really good show. Like I said, I reckon that'd be a good laugh. I don't, I don't think you would have ever put money on there being a sportsman on my list, would you? No. <laughs> I definitely wouldn't put down it to Catholic either. <laughs> so who's your next one, mate? Well, I, I had this one down as a different part of my list, but I'm gonna, it does tell quite nicely into your one because I'm not sure how well these two individuals get on now. So we, if we were drinking with Daley Thompson and my next one, it might have to be a different pub. Okay. Seb Coe. Oh, interesting. 
So again, same same reason to your one. Um, as a youngster getting involved into athletics and my preferred events were eights and fifteens. Seb Coe to me was one of the simply one of the most graceful runners. He never looked knackered yeah. at the end of the race. Um, he had such a nice way of running. He, you know, he was the world record holder for almost thirty years for the eight hundred meters. You know, one one forty one seventy three, and you know, although he never won Olympic gold at eight hundred meters, ironically, it was at the fifteen hundred when he won it twice. You know, he was definitely in that golden generation of the 80s with, with the other middle distance runners from our country. Also, with Daley Thompson taking some medals as well. I would love to talk to him, not so much about his politics and his maybe his role now within um, world athletics, but definitely being part of that generation when they seemingly, again, because it was on TV and there wasn't as much football, they'd have the, these, every so often, there'd be someone going for a record for the mile again. Yeah. And there's this massive build-up and this massive sense of anticipation. Um, and then another week, someone else would do it. Or it seemed, it seemed to be really regular for a period of time in the mid-80s. I'd love to talk to him about that. That'd be my one. But yeah. I don't think Seb Coe and Daley Thompson get on. Because I'm pretty no, certain Seb Coe was obviously largely be, a lot behind the London Olympics. Yeah. And Daley Thompson wasn't really involved, was he? No, no. Which seems a shame. It, it is, because like you say, Seb Coe, Daley Thompson, Ovette, Cran. Yeah. Alan Wells, they, they were of a golden generation that, yes, has been replicated since then yep. with, with, with other great names along the way, but they were the first. Yeah. They, they were the first that really brought athletics to the public consciousness. Yeah, once it became a, a, a TV, a sport which was televised live. And, you know, yeah. I remember watching, the, getting up to, at some weird and wonderful times to watch the Olympics during certain certain periods of yeah, time between like, the 80s yeah. and the mid-90s. And... Um, like I said, he was just such a graceful runner. So yeah, I would definitely have Sebco in there. We would just have to be in different pubs. <laughs> Fair enough. Oh, are we are we having these drinks on a different night with these people? By the way, uh, I think so. Yeah, oh, is this because it's a real weird, weird mix yeah, I don't of want people. to be rushing anyone out the door. I want to be getting my full. You want your one to one time, yeah, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Especially my next one because I'm going to need a lot of time with my next one. Go on then, Kevin Feige. I just want to talk to him about. <laughs> Tell, tell me where the vision started <laughs> and, and now talk me through it. Now, not everyone may know who you're talking about. Okay, so Kevin Feige is the... I'm not sure what his exact title is, but he is the man that for 10, 11 years now has overseen the Marvel series of films. I suppose if it was in TV terms, it would be showrunner. Yeah. So because somebody keeps that theme yeah. and knows where the although the individual stories are written by different people maybe directed and produced by different people there is a goal yeah. there is a story arc yeah so he's he's the one that's d despite the fact that every film has had a different director a different producer he is the one that has overseen it and made sure that the the vision that he had at the outset of okay so we, this is where we're starting with Iron Man and then this is where I want to end up with Endgame. Hashtag Geekfest. He's the one that made that happen. That'd be fantastic. Not on his own. Obviously, no. there were directors and actors and everybody else that yeah. goes into producing films. But I, I think without... And, and we've said this before on some of the film shows. This is where the DC Universe have failed. Because they haven't had a Kevin Feige type person that have, have overseen their films and and sewn that golden thread throughout oh, them Oh, no, no. I mean, 
they they nailed their TV universe a much better yeah. than their cinematic universe. But yeah, Kevin Feige, that that vision from Iron Man, yeah. which Torn and Ten Superb, as far as I was concerned, was like a one-off film. Yeah, well, I thought it was at the time. Brilliant one-off film, really enjoyed it. And then you see at the end, okay, there's definitely going to be an Iron Man 2. Yeah. Okay, Iron Man 2. But then suddenly, then we have Hulk. It's, yeah, it's more characters. Captain America, six film, and then six films. We're going to put them all together in one big film. Yeah. And oh well, what I thought was a big film at the time, they sort of topped that a couple of times since then. Um, but yeah, that would be a fascinating conversation. Yeah, you'd want you'd want just that one to one time, and that's a day. That that's a day that I'm yeah. Cause I'm not. I'm, I'm guessing everyone else on your list probably wouldn't be interested in that conversation anyway. Pro- probably not. No, but I'd love to sit down um, with, with, with Kevin Feige for a day, probably drinking a real low ABV cast. It would have to be just slowly supping and just talking. Just talking about that vision and just bringing it all together. I might pop into the pub for that one. Okay, you're welcome. And, <laughs> and trying to find out what's happening next. That's, that's the most important Yeah, thing. but you wouldn't want to know all of it though, would you? No, no, just just bits. Just bits. Don't, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. No, no spoilers. Hashtag no spoilers. Who's next for you, mate? Peter Davison. Ah, okay, so the first, the, the, well, maybe the only, the first the first Doctor. Yeah, um, so I, I, you know, I paid attention to what people did, said and didn't say, so I didn't put my list just full of people who played the Doctor. <laughs> um, plus, like, there are more than five of them living, so it would have been a bit wrong, but Peter Davison was my Doctor. So, obviously, I remember watching Tom Baker um, later in his run, but Peter Davison became the Doctor in 1981, when I think I, be, I was, could quite rightly be classed as a fan I was buying Doctor Who weekly before it became a monthly publication. Um, I couldn't wait for the programme to come on. It was must-watch TV for me. You know, this is before we even had a video player in the house as well. My knowledge of Doctor Who was very much limited to reading the Target novelizations, And I can remember watching the, the whole Peter Davison era. And then again, a bit like the Paul McCartney thing, finding there was like quite a lot of back catalogue to Doctor Who as well, which I still watch these days. And it's cost me a fortune in videos and then replaced by DVDs as well. <laughs> Great idea. Um, I, and I'll just like to talk to him because obviously he is also David Tennant's father-in-law as well. I never knew that. Yeah, because David Tennant married his daughter. So th- there is actually, you know, the fandom was going a bit nuts when David Tennant married Peter Davison's daughter because, you know, the, father, the, the father-in-law was going to be a doctor as well. So, <laughs> you know... Uh, I'm sure people have probably done fan fiction off the back of this as well uh, I don't read that stuff um, but yeah I'd love to talk to him about not just Doctor Who but he's had a long career in acting Peter Davison as well um, but you know a lot of it would be for me how he felt about going into the role obviously he, felt he followed the great Tom Baker as well and also he was considerably younger and younger looking than all the Doctors previously so it was quite a shift in tone so yeah I would, I would just love to have that Again, a bit of a geeky conversation because um, he was a Doctor Who fan as well. He is a Doctor Who fan, so he he had been he had what he was probably the first actor to play the Doctor who had actually been watching it since it started as well. Oh, okay. So he, he could remember watching a lot of the older episodes. So yeah, I, that would be that would be my geek fest bit. Nice. Yeah. So drum roll number five. Okay, so. I'm going to take a bit of a liberty with this one because... Hold on, when I took liberties in previous fantasy shows... That's why I'm taking a liberty. (laughs) Um, And I'm going for the entire cast of Friends. As one person? Yes. That's way more of a liberty than I did with Vintage Ale. (laughs) 
Um, well, I presume you're only talking about the, the six main characters. You're oh, not just yeah, gonna, oh, oh, yeah, not all of them. You're not writing Gunter as well. No, no, just just <laughs> just the six main characters. And uh, basically, there's two reasons for this. Um, one, it's because I couldn't come up with a fifth individual. Uh, Actually, we were both struggling with. Uh, yeah, my first four came really naturally. I'm not going to say which were my first four, but it took me no time at all. I, I really struggled. Uh, one one of the names that would have been in there, and f- and for many years, um, this man was a hero and, and, and an idol of mine. Um, before he had the biggest fall from grace ever, and that was last Lance Armstrong. Um, he his story was amazing. Yeah. Until it was built on a house of lies. Yes. So I didn't feel as though I could include him. Um, although that might be quite in a, an interesting conversation to, to have, is why did you feel as though you had to do that? Um, so, so then I, I, I searched and searched and searched. And the only thing I could do was, I thought, well, these, these six individuals for 20 plus years have entertained me again and again and again. And even to the point where this last past weekend I've watched episodes of Friends and I still laugh at them now I, I think it, it was it's a time and a place in televisual history that will never be replicated by another sitcom it probably won't be replicated and also obviously humour's moved on yeah uh, how, how things are phrased and shown have moved on as well um, so you can see it sometimes some of it goes I'm still laughing but I think ooh a few times but yeah, I think when I was in the States with Michael and we were just chilling out after we'd been out in the evening, just happened on one of the many, many channels you can find when you're in the States, came across some friends. Yeah. I was made. And you sit and watch it? Yeah. So, so yes, it's a bit of a liberty. A bit. And okay, so maybe if I buy them a third each, that's only just over a pint. You're going to buy them a third each? <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm, not, I'm obviously going to buy them each a pint, but for, for me, I... I don't think you can single in any one of them out. I think so you, I could have just gone for the doctor you, and I could have had like loads. Well... Especially... Yeah, I mean, I can't say anything. You, you took a liberty last time, so... So I'm, you thought you would. I'm, I'm having my... <laughs> set, setting the theme for future fantasy shows <laughs> yeah. and taking a so, liberty. So your, your, your top five consists of ten people? Essentially, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> your, your five living, beery people. I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, just saying about friends. It was... I got introduced to it when it was at the start of series two. And uh, obviously went back to watch series one, but it's quite a shift in series one to series two, I think, as well. They're, they're very young in series one. Yeah, very young. It's almost like the, the tonal shift between original Blackadder and Blackadder two. Yeah. Big difference between the two. Um, and obviously with Blackadder, it was Ben Olsen, but had come on board by then, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I, um, I think that's quite good. You are taking liberty. You obviously need a bit of room for all of them. <laughs> yes. So we'd, we'd be taking over the corner of a bar. Yes, yeah. Um, probably, I don't think I'd get them for more than a few hours. But presumably, so you, the best place to go that I know would be the Vic then, because they've got a couple of sofas, so they'd feel right at home. It would be perfect. In front of a window. It would be absolutely <laughs> perfect, yeah. yeah. Um, so who's your last one? Timothy Dalton. Ooh, okay. Yeah. Now, I would have put money on that being Sean Connery. No, because I don't know if I like him that much outside of being Bond. Okay. Um, whereas Timothy Dalton, I think, was both uh, an excellent Bond and was ahead of his time in terms of the writing and the hard edge they gave him. I just don't think we were quite ready for that then. If you compare it to his performance to Daniel Craig's, is a lot closer than Piers Brosnan's to Daniel Craig's. Um, but also, Timothy Dalton has also appeared in Doctor Who as well. So he's been Bond 
and in Doctor Who. So he ticks all of the boxes for you. Also, Timothy Dalton was the first cinematic Bond I saw. I haven't been to the cinema to see any any of the other Bond films up to that point. I think I was probably the same, actually. I think most of the Roger Moore films I saw... TV on bank holidays or something. Yeah, yeah, at home. There might be a lot of Bond being watched by me over the the coming weeks. Um, So yeah, it was my first cinematic Bond. I thought it was really good. And then... I didn't know he was going to feature in David Tennant's final two-parter as a Rassilon, uh, Lord President of the Time Lords. And I thought, Bond playing a Time Lord. I was like, very ecstatic about that. <laughs> I bet you were. Um, all, all the geek points coming together. All the together points there, coming out yeah. uh, But I'd like to talk, and also, it was also in Flash Gordon. He was, yeah, yeah. So, you know, if nothing else, it gives you an opportunity to say Gordon is alive at some point, doesn't it? <laughs> and him going, oh, can't believe someone said that in my direction um but yeah i, I would just love to have a, a chat with him because a, a bit, again about the two two of my favorite things like bond and doctor who i'm not sure how much of a geek he is about either to be honest but he's also a very well respected stage actor isn't he so I, it'd be quite interesting to talk about his his career in general but very much for me focusing on those couple of well i'd throw in flash gordon as well actually because i do love the film Flash Gordon. Yeah. Still do. I think I think that's on our long list of films to do for yeah. opinions on films. Definitely. It's just finding well, the right time to do it. Finding the right time to do it. It's got a great soundtrack, hasn't it, yeah. as well? Yeah, uh, um, absolutely. And it dovetails quite nice when we did Queen for Highlander, doesn't it? Yeah. So I'm quite happy to do it again. So yeah, that's that's my final fight. That's the final one of my five. Excellent. You know what? I, I really enjoy doing these shows where, where we just get to let let our imaginations run a little bit wild with, with, with a subject that we're given by a listener and, and to have a bit of fun with it. Definitely. And, you know, uh, it's taken my mind off stuff that's happening outside. Yeah, I think that's quite nice as well. And hopefully that, that will do this for everybody that's listening to the show as well because it's not a great time at the moment but this is this is just a little bit of escapism isn't it it's definitely escapism for us at the moment yeah definitely for for a while well we've both almost finished the uh the beaver town one of our own ipa what do you think it's it's really really drinkable it's it's got the it's it's got the sessionability of neck oil with quite a lot of the flavour of gamma ray in, in there as well. It's it, it's lovely and lemony, it's got a really nice crisp finish to it. The the, the bitterness is quite subtle on the finish. It it's it's designed for a purpose. It's almost is, like they've collaborated with themselves. Yeah, yeah. You, you know, they've they've designed this for tens of thousands of fans to drink while they're watching football. Well probably not while you're watching. Well, no no but before yeah. or during and art well at half time and afterwards. And it just works for that purpose. It's, I think it's superbly drinkable. That lemony uh, overtone seems to sort of stick with it all the way through. They never really died off. Um, smooth, yeah, is low, easy bitterness. Yeah. Um, effectively, it's just, I know that they call Neckle now a session IPA, don't they? But for me, this feels, this feels like a nice sessionable IPA. Yeah. I, I get that. It's designed to be a stadium exclusive, but I think they might be missing a trick by not putting this in small pack. Because there are probably, like most football teams, there are probably lots of Spurs fans that don't get to, that don't maybe live in London and oh, don't yeah. get to go to the ground that would like to enjoy this. And Hopefully they'll find a way. And like I said, the, the glasses, and obviously I'm not any stretch of imagination Spurs fan the glasses did look quite nice actually as well so if you're a Spurs fan and you like your beer I think you wouldn't mind one of those glasses yeah so I mean, at least get the uh, the glasses into the gift shop so that some people can buy them to take away <laughs> exactly so no yeah. but um, you know, thank you again Beaver Town for sending those through to us 
and it accompanied the uh, our, our little list quite nicely, actually. It did. So now we're going to go into some of our listeners' feedback. Yep. Um, a bit of an overview on, on on the responses that we had. So it's always quite diff- difficult when we get we get responses to something that isn't a poll. Um, but as always, the uh, the question will be in the show notes. You can click on that. You can read through everybody's responses to this. We had uh, over forty people re- respond to this with various names, giving us one hundred and fifty plus names. Uh, a lot of which I have to admit I had to look up on Google. There was a few I had to look up because, because I had never heard of before. And, and someone very ha- handily uh, did actually a few people did actually put in brackets who they were. Yes, yeah, they did. Um, so I then split that down into various categories and I've got percentages of those categories as well so uh, 16% were from sport 15% from film 18% from music 21% from TV 2% from politics and then 25% from other which includes things like writing journalism science and and food as as well so um, that's how it breaks down and then what I also had was kind of a top table of responses as well because there were a few names that came up a couple of times and these were the top three responses that we had so leading the pack by quite some distance was Bob Mortimer with with, with six nominations we then had uh, Jurgen Klopp with Yay. three and Stephen Fry with three okay. as, as well and then there was a whole load on two but I, I thought well two's alright but if you've had two or more then then surely you get to be on that top table I, I think so and um, Stephen Fry's appeared in Doctor Who this season as well Look at you! You are you are loving this. This is the closest you're ever going to get to a Doctor Who show, isn't it? <laughs> you know it, and you're you're yeah. going to ride this for all it's worth. And there's a little bit of football thrown in as well. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. Um, so just before we, we we jump into some of the, the the comments from the listeners, you've poured another beer for us. Well, I thought it was only sensible thing to do. Yep. And what have we got now? Cosmic Liquid Kiss uh, from Yeasty Boys. This is an India Pale Ale. Uh, comes in at 7% and it's brewed with their friends at Round Corner Brewing who we discovered fairly recently I think actually oh we did yes but it's also correct me if I'm wrong brewed with Kvike Kvik yeast it is indeed so the the it's Nelson Savon Hops and it's got that particular yeast in there as well which I've decided not to try and You've stay. decided you're not going to try and yeah. stay that. So, uh, lovely and clear in the glass. Big yeah. fluffy head on it as well. Yeah, great carbonation. Uh, so, let's see what we think then. Yeah, cheers. cheers. Oh, that's bitter. Oh, it's thick as well, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. I wasn't expecting that because it's so clear. I wasn't expecting that sort of thicker... It's almost an oily... Wow, that's some body on that. Oily mouthfeel, hasn't it? It's a, a little bit resinous. Yeah. And, oh yeah, like I say, really oily, bitter finish to it as yeah. well. Yeah, I mean, obviously we discovered a few beers from Round Corner when we were at Brew London, and I think yeah. we were impressed, impressed with them. Oh, very much so, yeah. And yeah. lovely people as well. Yeah, we got to try their West Coast IPA. Yep, and we tried their their dark lager and their Imperial. Rum barrel aged dark lager. Yeah, I mean, whoever thought that would be a thing. <laughs> yeah. um, so it describes it on the side saying, gold, lustrous, aromatic, gooseberry, pomelo, orange zest, delicious. Um, there's a couple of ones in there which I wouldn't know, uh, the pomelo, I've got no real no idea there, reference no. point. Um, the rest of it, I'm getting there. I mean, it, it looks beautiful in the glass and it tastes fantastic. Drinks really well. And it's definitely got that sort of a, 
almost an oily fruit juice kind of quality yeah. to it. But that's that's really nice. That is. How, that did is we, how did we come across this one? So, so this was a gift as well. Uh, I was in uh, Two Brews in, in Colchester, and um, Alistair, Easty Boy's new sales rep, was was in there, and he uh, handed me a few beers to try, and and this was one of them. Yeah. So he um he just handed me a few beers. Uh, we've got a couple more that we're we're, we're going to try at some point, whether it be on air or or, or off air, which we're very grateful for. Um, and this was the one from the the three that they gave us that I most wanted to try on the show because of the yeast that shall not be named. Yes. <laughs> Um, and also it says India Pale Ale on the side as well. Yeah, that's always going to be a winner, <laughs> isn't it? It's let's, a good start, let, isn't let's it? Let's be honest. So while we enjoy this, let's uh, let's rattle through some of the uh, some of our listeners' top five. So first from the Owl Lady, who suggested this question. Uh, her top five were, and again, I'm assuming none of these are in order. I don't think so. I think it's just the way they've been yeah. put down. Uh, Julie Walters, Dexter Fletcher, Nigel Owens, Reese Shearsmith and Tom Hanks. Well, I know all of them, to start off yeah. with. Um, I saw a documentary about Julie Walters at the weekend. Oh, okay. I'd love to, I wouldn't mind meeting her, definitely. It's, that's a good list. Yeah. And then she asked her mum as well, and her mum's list was Cliff Richard, David Walliams, Simon Cowell, Christopher Biggins, and Mary Portis, to which Danny simply said, hmm. Was that about the last person or all of them? I think it was about all of them. <laughs> I think it was about the entire list there. Um, I wouldn't mind meeting David Walliams, actually. I, I think you could have a really fun discussion with, with, with him. Oh, look at some of the stuff he's done. Yeah. I think you could have, He's a very talented guy as well, isn't he? I mean, yeah. Children's book writer, all those series he's come up with. Yeah, I think it'd be, I think it'd be a cracking yeah. conversation. And he always seems genuinely funny as well. Yeah. When, when he's on like the live stuff, like Brent's Got Talent. And he did that swimming thing. Did he swim the channel in the end? He did um, some sort of swimming challenge. He, didn't he swim the Thames, the length of the Thames? There was as some... As well as the channel. There was, yeah, you're like... Oh, that's a real that's a real challenge to give yeah. to give anyone, but let alone somebody who don't necessarily associate with getting in the Thames. The sport. Well, actually, the water in the Thames is actually looks worse than it is. Really, because it's such a low lying river. Yeah. So you've got all the silt being turned around all the time. But if you actually see how much stuff is actually alive in the Thames, as in like fish and and what you class as uh, pond life, so to speak, it's actually quite a healthy river these days. Okay. The reason why it used to freeze over when they used to have the frost fairs is because of uh, the amount of dirt in there. It used to freeze easier than it would do now. Look at that. Facts. Yeah. Facts about the River Thames. I don't know where that all suddenly came from. I'm amazed. <laughs> I've got no words. <laughs> right, well, I, I think I should do... I think I'll I'm going to let now. you take this next one. So, uh, Paul at UNRCD. Uh, number one, Jürgen Klopp. Number two, Kenny Dalglish. Uh, number three, Idris Elba. That's a good shout. That is a good shout. I mean, I'd be quite happy that first three there anyway. Yeah. Uh, Angeline Jolie and then Tyson Fury. So quite a mix of people there. That The last one really surprised me. The last one surprised me as well. I mean, because I think it's quite a divisive character for yeah. a lot of people anyway. Um, but he would be interesting. He would be very interesting. He would be interesting. Yeah. And, you know, if you're talking about... Uh, he's got people talking about boxing who aren't necessarily people who unnecessary boxing fans yes he has captured he's got he's captured something there for people um, so I like that I do like that list Idris Elba we could do a bit of the Marvel thing there yes easily. and obviously Luther. yeah uh, lots to talk to him about and yeah. uh, you know I've got King Kenny and Jürgen Klopp there so I'm happy with that so that's, quite, that's quite a good list yeah that and one. Angelina Jolie was in Tomb Raider I actually don't know many other films she was in she's in the next Marvel film she's in an upcoming Marvel film 
Oh, is she? Um, what, the... Uh... The Eternals. Oh, yes, of course she is. She's, she's, she's finally made it. There we go. She's, she's, she's in a Marvel it. film. Yeah. Um, next up, from Neil Hayden at Neil Hayden 73, Lucy Worsley, historian, author, TV presenter. That was one of the ones I had to look up. Oh, I knew her. I, I have to admit it. I knew her. Okay. Uh, Neil Finn, um, I wouldn't have known that was who from Crowded House. Oh, I Crowded suspected House. it was because it's the Finn brothers that, that were Crowded House plus the rest of the band. Oh, okay. Uh, Reverend and the Makers. That's a band, so he's taken a liberty there as well. There's a lot of this guy around, isn't there? Yeah. Uh, Clint Eastwood. That's a good one. That is a good one. Look how long he's been around. He loves yeah. some tales still. And then William Defoe. The That's actor. a great one as well. That one really came out of left field. That one did. But really made me think, actually, I wouldn't mind a pint with William Defoe. I think he'd be an interesting chap to sit down with for the afternoon. He's done a wide range of films. Yeah. And he was Green Goblin in, in, uh, in one the, of the original Spider-Man. In the uh, first Tobey Maguire Spider-Man. Yeah. And which I actually really enjoyed that. Yes, that film. I, I did. So that's when that's when Sony weren't cocking it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so next up from Carl M at Marshall Isle Carl. Uh, number one, Jim Moyer. Do you know who that is? Nope. Vic Reeves. That's his real name. Carl, that's not helping Carl, <laughs> is it? I was really surprised when I looked it up. Um, number two, Talib Quayley. Sorry if I've butchered that. But he's, <laughs> he's a rapper. Uh, Paul Rudd. We know who Paul Rudd is. Ant-Man. And, and, and he was in Friends. Yeah. Uh, Nora Jones and Christina Scabia, which, again, I had to look her up, and she's a musician. She is the joint lead singer of a heavy metal band. I hadn't heard of her. No, so that's not. a really eclectic mix, isn't it? It, it is. Uh, Paul Rudd seems to sit oddly in there. Paul Rudd is a strange one. Compared I'm, to the others. I'm guessing he's put him on there because he might get on with Vic Reeves. From the comedy, there'd be a comedy aspect, aspect to it, wouldn't there? To it, yeah. But yeah, well, that that one struck me as a slight sitting slightly left field compared yeah, to the others. Very, very much so. Uh, next up from Becky <laughs> at Becky Boogaloo, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy, Tom Hardy. <laughs> Don't really think Becky got to the idea of what we were going for. Yeah, she's do, she's definitely doing a different night out, isn't she? Yeah, um, I wouldn't mind having a beer with Tom Hardy actually. I think uh, he's he's got quite a range of character portrayal behind him he's he's been in all sorts of things he played a great role or continues to play a great role in Peaky Blinders um, he's been in he was in the last Bat- Christian Bale Batman film yeah he was in Venom as, yeah. as, as the uh, yeah, but which that, I know you didn't like as no a film um, but I, I quite like Tom Hardy I like that one he come, he, and he does come across but he doesn't take it too seriously yeah, and he seems quite down to earth as well. Yeah. He does seem like a bloke you could approach in a pub and go, can I buy you a pint? Yeah, I, I, and I quite like that about him. Yeah. Um, but I don't know if I'd want to be there when Becky's there with him. Uh, n- no, she clearly wants him all to herself. Yeah, uh, it's basically get a room for it. <laughs> <laughs> get a room! <laughs> From Sean O'Reilly and Crulia, Billy Bragg, Pete Brown, Paul Mariner, Akela, or Akala, a rapper. I didn't. I didn't expect Sean to have a rapper in I, there. I didn't at all. Um, and Neil Gaiman, author. So I know four out of the five there. Okay, I only knew the top three. You knew Paul Mariner. Yeah, he used to play for Ipswich. Yeah, well done. And played for England. Didn't yeah, he? As, as... it was in the nineteen. I'm sure it was at the nineteen eighty. Because I used to collect sticker books. All oh, right. Okay. <laughs> to a point in your life. Yeah. Um, Sean did also have multiple other entries as well. He, he had a list of. <laughs> 
beery people related to the podcast that he wanted to meet. He had, I think there was a second list. Then he realised he didn't have any women in his list, so he did a list purely of women as as, as well. So um, Sean was really going for it. On, yeah, he enjoyed on, that one then. On, on this, he enjoyed yeah. that one. Um, next up from Ruth Mitchell at Beer Ferry, uh, Jess Phillips, who's an MP, uh, Michelle Obama, Jane Fonda, Emma Thompson, and Sandy Togsvig. Um, she went on to say, bright, brilliant, bright, challenging, interesting, and funny woman, and I would imagine the makings of an excellent party. It's a good mix. I mean, yeah. they, they've done, I mean, I thought Jess Phillips always comes across quite well on TV when, they, when she was a potential candidate for the Labour Party, um, for the leadership. I mean, Michelle Obama. I mean, she's been at the highest echelons of, yeah. of power. Jane Fonda, she's been around for forever. Emma Thompson, fantastic actress. And Sandy Tortvig had gone from being comedian and writer to doing, is it MasterChef or whatever the one is? Oh, the Bake Off. Bake Off. Yeah. So that's a real wide variety yeah. of people there. I never looked at it that way of having five people that I bring together. for for Maybe that's another one we do, you know, a... Uh, Fantasy dinner party. Yeah, but that's because we're being selfish. We want we want that one on one time with these yeah, people. Yeah, I, I don't want them talking to each other. Yeah. I want them talking to me. It's all it's all about me. It's my yeah. party. Um, from James at Gammon Barron, uh, Bob Mortimer, Jackie Chan, Jurgen Klopp, Grayson Perry, and Rusty Lee. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Some of these number five, you know, it's the real standout. <laughs> Rusty Lee, last of the past as well. I, I know James loves his cooking. And he, he does a wide range of cuisines. I can only imagine that his inspiration for Rusty Lee comes from that. That's I imagine so. But yeah, it just sort of stands out again, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, from John at a Beer in the Suburb. Uh, Taylor Swift. Stone Cold Steve Austin. Get in. Mark Hoppus. Graham Wesley. <laughs> I assume he must be a fan of Stevenism. Yeah, um, yeah. The bloke that runs the Cinema Massacre YouTube channel, James Rolfe, aka the Angry Video Game Nerd. I definitely wouldn't have known that. I, 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 that you took some the, serious looking. I up. was going to say, but you had to that, do a bit of work on that yeah, one. That one. So, there is a phrase calling it. Google it. Quite, quite a mix again there. Yeah, definitely. I mean, um, Taylor Swift. I can, I can imagine someone's a little bit jealous about Taylor Swift going for a drink with, uh, <laughs> with John, uh, Granddad Greg at Greg nineteen fifty four. James Martin, Tony Robinson, Ben of Ice Cream Fame, Jerry. <laughs> He's got Ben and Jerry on there. Well, well, his list simply said Ben and Jerry, and I'm like, so so. Uh, uh, as I put on these notes, I put in brackets. Is is that of Ice Cream Fame? Let's let it's, us it's know. Be, it's it's it? got to be surely. It's not yeah. like Ben and Jerry's, and then Brian Wilson. So again, eclectic mix there. A, a very a very strange mix there. Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> Ben and Jerry. <laughs> I know, I know. Greg is a big fan of visiting Boston in the states, and I know that's where Ben and Jerry's are originally from. Yeah, so it, it's got to be Ben and Jerry. I, I, of, I would of, say it is. Ice cream and fame. then you've got Brian Wilson, the Beach Boys, yeah. and and Baldrick, and a TV chef, and a TV chef. Yeah, <laughs> what, what a mix. I'm not a massive fan of James Martin, TV chef. Uh, I'm not either. The same kebab, it doesn't quite click with me. Yeah, I, I think he's of a he's of an age. He's of a, he's of a period. He's of that first, that first class of ready, steady cook, maybe, and things have moved on since. Yeah, since not sure. Then. I don't even know if it's out. Maybe I just don't. Maybe I just don't like him. He probably wouldn't like me, to be fair. <laughs> uh, so next up, Carl Gunner at KL Gunner, uh, Stephen Gerrard, <laughs> Jamie Carragher, 
Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, and Kylie Minogue. That's a hell of a list. That is a hell of a list. That is a hell of a list. I'm not, um, you know, Al Pacino, Robert De Niro. I mean, there's plenty of times people have wanted to see them more often in films together. Yeah, and, yeah. and he just wants to have a drink. Why, why not, if you can? And then you've got Stevie G and Jamie Carragher. That's a good mix. And obviously, Kylie Minogue was also in Doctor Who. Was she? She did a Christmas, one of the Christmas specials. Do you know the one with the uh, Titanic? Don't remember it? Don't remember Probably about 10 years ago. Okay. It's possible I've watched it more than once. Richard Taylor at RichTaylor1608. Stephen Fry. John Barnes. Ozzy Osbourne. Richard E. Grant. And then Amber Heard. Now, it has to be said that that's the actor and not the politician. (laughs) I think. I'm not sure. Richard wasn't clear. When I searched Amber Heard, the actor, actor came up first. I will go with that. But it, it might also be the politician. Go for that. I'm, I'm sure I'm sure Rich will so clarify. Stephen Fry, been in Doctor Who. John Barnes played for Liverpool. Rich Lee Grant, been in Doctor Who. There we go. Good list, Richard. <laughs> basing, it on, basing it on Doctor Who connections. Uh, Tanked Up at Tanked Up Cast. Eric Cantona. Scarlett Johansson. Nice one. I... Hideo Kojima. Blimey, you would have had to look that one up, didn't you? Yeah. Bill Murray and Alana Pierce. That is a really eclectic mix, isn't it? Eric Cantona, Scarlett Johansson, Hideo Kojima, Bill Murray and Alana Pierce. That's really mixed. I, th- I think that's a real reflection of Tanked Up as a podcast because they do they do beer and games. So you've got a video game designer on there. Uh, the last one, Alana Pierce, for people that don't know, she does like video blogs. So she's a video journalist. Ah, um, and then you've got you've got a little bit of football thrown in, although they've been very specific there in saying they didn't want the Cronenberg era Cantona. I prefer the Cronenberg era because the rest of the other bit is Man United. So I'm going to take the Cronenberg era. Okay. <laughs> Scarlett Hansen goes and, and Bill, saying. Bill Murray, two, yeah. two great actors. Yeah, exactly. Brilliant. Um, and last, but not least, in a similar vein to uh, Becky Boogaloo, yeah. uh, Mark at Mark N. Johnson has said, can I just buy Taylor Swift five beers? I'm, I'm sure we'll allow Mark that. Yeah. We've heard you're a bit of a fan. Yes, just a little bit. <laughs> that was just a, a, a very small sample of, of some of the responses we had. Um, like I say, there are um, that there is a, a link in the show notes if you want to click through and look at all of the responses. Uh, if you want to keep it going, use the hashtag opinions and you may very well find yourself in this next section of the show. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know. Write it down. Let us know your thoughts and bitter in lingerness. Write it down. So we've got quite a lot of feedback to, to go through here. There is a lot. Because we've got people going back over quite a few shows because we've, we've tended to kind of avoid doing this sort of stuff when we've had guests. Yes recently um, because this is more about us than it is about the, the, the guests so we'll try and work our way through this as, as, as quickly as possible Sh- shall I start off reading so you can drink a bit more beer though probably for the best seeing as I've just noticed your glass is empty <laughs> <laughs> so uh, opinions 100 vintage just listen to number 100 congrats on the milestone gent biggest thing for me as a listener over the last few years is the community you've built here's to the next 100 and that's for Simon at Barley Wine is Life. And obviously, lucky enough to meet Simon at the, uh, the Crimbo Crawl. So thank you very much for that. That, that, that one actually, uh, we, love, we love that particular comment. Because it's not just about doing the podcast. It's actually about getting out there and meeting yeah. people. And other people meeting each other, whether we're there or not. Yeah, it's been, it's been really interesting over the last few months to listen to some of the other podcasts we listen to. Talking about the Crimbo Crawl in particular. Yep. 
and talking about the people that they met through it, yeah. who are people that they've always wanted to meet through podcasting. Yeah. It's been it's been really nice to see that, and if we've if we've been able to play any small part in it, then I'm gonna I'm gonna take that as a win. Oh, without a doubt, yeah. Finally, got round to listening to Opinions 102 Weights and Measures. Really enjoyed the short format. Did it in the walk to and from work. I still like the long format, but it was good to do it in short blasts. And that's from Greg Bullman at Greg Bullman. I think I think we're just trying our best at the moment, just to mix things up a little bit. Yeah, we we are trying to get. Maybe a little bit tighter with the shows, so that they're not the really long ones. Sometimes there'll be a short one, sometimes there'll be one that's a little bit longer. Yeah, and you know, obviously we've got a cracking guest on like we did when we had Nat, then we're just going to let him run with it. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't want to slow him down, do we? Rich Taylor, at Rich Taylor 1608. Ahoy gents, love this week's show and thanks for all the mentions and for answering my question about bottle shares. UK guideline is 0.05% for non-alcoholic alcohol-free. 0.05% but less than 0.5% is the alkalized and low alcohol is no more than 1.2. I hope everyone got that because I, re- I think I read it out really badly. However, that still doesn't, that still makes my point about people who don't drink alcohol at all, like for religious reasons, even 0.05 has alcohol. It's, yes, it's still alcohol. It's still alcohol. Yeah. My, my colleague at work still wouldn't drink it. Sean O'Reilly at Uncrulia. Mr. Stats, I was going to weigh in with the same info, but you've beaten me to it, Rich. With it being half term, I'm busy catching up on paperwork in school. Poor me. We have been holding on to this for a while, haven't we? Yeah, just a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Glad that I inadvertently prompted some content. In order to maintain my hashtag facts guy status, I shall give you the lowdown on C. Buckthorn. It isn't a seaweed, it's actually a shrub that can grow up to six metres tall close to the sea. Okay, we went a little bit. I was close. Yeah, physically. It has grey green leaves, fawns and orange berries. The berries are used in a variety of cosmetics and traditional medicines. Okay, that is stuff I definitely want to know. Well, well that, now we know. Now we know. Facts guy. Yes. We've both finished the cosmic liquid quiz. Well, I'm glad you finished yours. I was ages ago. I'm sorry, from the Easty Boys. I was busy talking, mate. <laughs> um, final thoughts on, 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 on this beer? Really enjoyed it. I think... Um, Maybe a whole 440 to myself, it may have got a little bit sweet. It started to become a little bit sweet, a little bit cloying yeah. to, towards the end of it there. But because we thickness. because we shared the can and it was still quite cold for most of it, I don't I think you may we managed to avoid maybe that aspect of it. But again, like a lot of the yeasty boys beers, they just do some really interesting stuff, don't they? It's really interesting and really tasty. Yeah. It's the, the yeasty boys seem to really work with tastes yeah and, and different tastes and what that can do to the palate and 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 that did lots oh yeah and again seven percent didn't taste it no didn't taste it at all did it no the only thing i would say about the easter boys is that it's their, their branding's a little bit all over the place i i really i really dislike their branding I would there's, there's no common theme to any of it apart from their logo yeah and I think they could do better with that. I think they. I, I know that they're always trying to be doing different beers and stuff, but there needs to be a little bit more bringing that the family of branding and all their stuff together a bit more. Yeah. I mean, I think they're two or three core beers, like you know the the old grey, the the pot kettle black, those kind of ones. They all feel part of the same family, whereas the other ones feel like they sort of fall outside it. Yeah. It's the only thing that I mean, it, some people probably fit, will probably like it because they're doing something different all the time. I just think for standing out on the shelf, you could easily miss it. 
Easy, very easily, yeah. So, yeah. and it was nice to see Stu recently. Yeah, though, it was at, at Brew London. <laughs> but I've already got a magic magically got a beer in front of us again. You have now. This is uh, part of an ongoing experiment that that we're going to do. It is. Um, so at the um, end of last year show. We featured the Camden Beer 2019, the Brute... Brute Imperial Pilsner, which comes in at a really sessionable, sensible, from Waitrose, 11%. Barrel aged as well, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, and we both really enjoyed this bit. Isn't it a wine barrel? Yeah. Um, and one of our listeners got in touch, um, so it was discombobulated at discombobulated, got in touch and said, why don't you revisit that beer over the next year? And initially I was like, not nine quid a bottle, thanks for the suggestion, but no. And then they reduced it to five quid a bottle, and I was like, I said to you, why don't we do that revisit <laughs> thing? So we're actually going to revisit this beer every three months yes. to, to see how it changes from that initial taste that we had of it back in December last year which was really quite whiny wasn't it yeah and we both but we both really enjoyed oh, it we did enjoy it so so, so this is three months on yeah should we tuck um, in cheers now whether this is my memory playing tricks with me but the aroma doesn't seem quite so white wine like the aroma's more oaky yeah now it's it's softened off a little bit I've just had a little sip. The flavours have dialed down a little bit, bit as well. It's a little bit softer. I think it's a bit softer, but I think your your initial thing about the oak is coming through a bit more now, I think. Yeah, there's a bit more sweetness in there. I feel like a the, bit the, grape, the grape has tailed off a little bit. Yeah. The actual grape aroma and grape flake. flake and that's, that's, there. that's just in three months. Yeah, three months. So it's going to be interesting. So we're going to do this again in three months' time. We're yeah. going to do it again in six months' time. And finish um, off in the year. And Yeah, and we're just going to see how it continues yeah. to... To, to, to progress what I would say is it's still very tasty um, and it would again for people who say well I don't like beer and stuff it would definitely change your perception of a beer it's massively drinkable yeah for 11% yeah it's definitely got but it's a, it's a, it's, it has still got some of the like the oak oak, oak tannins that's what I was looking yeah. for yeah that's a great shout that's actually. what's coming out yeah. so no it's, that's, it's almost beginning and, and it'll be interesting to see where this goes because it's, it's almost beginning to pick up some of the mo- notes that you get from a cantillon or a sour, some maybe a little bit of brett coming in there, and it'll be interesting to see as time goes on. I wouldn't be surprised whether more of that starts to come through. A bit more funky. Yeah, I think it's going to go full on funk. I think we'll well we'll be able to judge it by what you think. That's true. So my, we're... my facial expression <laughs> as, as I try it. <laughs> Uh, let's dive back into some of these comments. So from Stephen O'Kane at Socrates9, regarding the American pint, since 473ml is to the top of the glass, you're really only getting about 43ml in each pint. When I lived there, I was horrified when I worked that, that out. I noticed it after a month or so when I got a pint glass home and was shocked when a normal bottle can of beer, 345ml over there as opposed to 330ml here, nearly filled the glass. I like that. I was horrified. Horrified. <laughs> Horrified by I, I, I hadn't really uh, given much consideration to whether it went to the whole top of the glass, but I suppose that does make sense. Then with the head and a bit of lacking, so yeah, you're down to the 430. Yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. Uh, next up from Ryan Carter, at Ryan Carter 10. Uh, so this was sent to us via DM. It's quite long, so bear with us on this one. 
Uh, evening both, as always a great show, even though I still miss the two plus hours format. I just wanted to drop you a message as I feel the amount you have both grown my beard knowledge and massively enhanced my journey is well worth mentioning. I'm a chap who lives and works in Lancashire in the luxury hospitality industry, a 30 minute drive from Manchester. Myself and my partner have recently purchased a house, so I'm grinding away spending copious amounts on paint and furniture. I have little or no time um, or money to socialise and my one treat a month is a £30 allowance from Honest Brew that I allow myself. My only real indulgence is listening to you guys. Since the Jager show, Jager Y show, I have both kept up and started to listen in reverse. I'm currently going through you guys' response to the Beavertown buyout, and for someone only recently new into the beer scene, relatively around a year, your insight is massively interesting, expanding my knowledge massively. In summary, a massive thank you for spending precious time putting out this podcast for us. Time is the most precious commodity we possess, and what you chaps provide is truly brilliant. Many thanks, gentlemen, and wish you the best for the future. That was really nice, because I remember you sending that to me as a screenshot, and it yeah. was, it's a really nice thing to see, and... Um, and I think that's about some of the other podcasts I listen to, both Beery and others. But yeah, people are putting the time and effort into producing something that you enjoy listening to. So to hear, have someone directly contact us to say that, you know, not only uh, does he feel we've helped him on his uh, beer journey, despite our lack, lack of facts often, <laughs> um, but, he, you know, by and large, he enjoys it as well. Yeah. So, no, thank you very much, Ryan. Yeah. I, I think that's a great point that you make there about the, the, the time that we've put into doing this. I mean, if you take, as, as an example, the, 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 the recent collaboration show that you appeared on between Men Behaving Badly and Beers Without Frontiers, you look at the time that the collective people around that table spent travelling to the venue, planning the podcast, mm-hmm. recording the two shows, travelling home, separately editing two podcasts, then putting that out and promoting it. It, it takes a huge amount of our time and we we, we get no financial re- reward for doing this. Nice. Yes, we get a, a few free beers sent to us every now and again, um, which we're always quite open and honest about in terms of whether we've had them or not. Um, but that's not what we look for. We do it because we enjoy doing it. Yeah, we enjoy having a chat and hopefully other people do as well. I mean, um, we probably could have saved ourselves five hours or so if it wasn't for Simon's audio equipment. <laughs> from Beers Without Frontiers. It's all those microphones and buttons and wires. Professional. Yeah. He, an, 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 an absolute professional. It was absolutely fantastic piece of kit, I have to admit. It was really good kit. And it, I think you can tell when you hear it as well. Yeah. So, lastly on uh, episode 102, Johnny Beer Boy, at Johnny Beer Boy, just heard my Birmingham heavy tweets on the show. Cheers for the shout out. And I did indeed try the champion fixed wheel stout and can confirm it was delicious. Although Wylam's Jake Head on Cask was my beer of the day. Now, I haven't seen Jake Head on Cask since I was in Newcastle anyway. Neither have I. And I don't know if it's quite the same beer as the one I fell in love with four or five years ago. Um, but if it is, then I can see why that would be your beer of the day. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Opinions 103 The Chase, which I think was the last show. That's the one with Nat. Yes, yes, this was the last show. Quite a lot of feedback on this as well. And again, thanks to everyone that continues to feedback on what we do. Uh, first up from Rich Taylor at Rich Taylor 1608. Uh, this episode has just become one of my favourite episodes. What a fascinating beer journey Nat has been on, and I'd love to hear, read more, and maybe she could visit the Vic one day. I'm hoping to start gaining beer qualifications later this year, so this was a great insight. On the subject of blending beers, people have been blending for decades light and bitter, black and tan, mild and bitter, and Tyler Rebel, Rebel's eighth birthday beers. 
more recently. Originally, it was due to beer quality issues, but then it just carried on as it worked. Now, interestingly, I think that uh, I think you know Nat did respond to a few of these tweets as she well. She did, yes. And there was yeah. a little bit of ba- there was a little bit of uh, chat between them and stuff, and um, which I really enjoyed. And yes, I think there's probably a blending show out there for us at some point. I think so, but I think we've got to get the right beers. It's got to be the right beers, and it may be one we need to do with someone who may have a few more facts about the blending as well. But I wouldn't. I'm still not necessarily. I'm in favour, but I'm interested. I'm quite interested in the three that Richard has suggested here, actually, because these are these are more traditional ones that I've heard of. So light, light, and, light and bitter, black and tan, not so much mild and bitter. Mild and bitter, I'm unfamiliar with. Because even when I started drinking, you still didn't see many miles. Yeah. But light and bitter and black and tan, both both seen those before. Yeah. And they're familiar phrases to me. So yeah, it'd be interesting. It'd be interesting to do that one one day actually. Yeah. Um, the Cheshire Brew House at the Cheshire Brew just took a couple of hours out of my day to have a listen. Yet another great podcast, and thanks so much for the positive review. I love making the old beers, and would love to make more of them. We have such a rich but lost flavour history in the UK. So that's um, regarding the Gibraltar Porter, wasn't it? Yeah, so that's that's Shane. Yeah. Who who brewed that. Um, yeah. I, what what I really, really like is is when we, we get sent a beer. As, as, as I said previously, we do we, we get sent quite a few beers. Not all of them make it onto the show. We kind of pick and choose what we want to feature. But I like it when we feature a beer and the brewery or the brewer actually takes the time to listen to what we've said about yes, their beer. Definitely. And then feeds back to us about what they thought about what we thought about yeah. their beer. Yeah, no, I, I love it. And I, I was really made up when I saw this one because we've had a good bit of interaction with uh, Cheshire Brewhouse over the years, haven't yeah. we, with Shane? And, you know, firstly, what I want to say is that I think he's now, I think he's shared three, three lots of beers with us, but they have all been fantastic. And as I said before... After one show, I did just order a case of beer from the, from the yeah, place. Yeah, we've not had a single bad beer from... Yeah, Cheshire they are house. some really good beers. And the Gibraltar Porter, if you get hold of it, it's well worth a try. Absolutely. Well worth yeah, a try. Yeah. Um, this does tell quite nice into the next comment <laughs> from Richard Swindells. Uh, great show, guys. Really enjoyed listening. Glad you enjoyed my brother's Gibraltar Porter. Maybe I'll get to try it soon too. I thought <laughs> yeah. it was brilliant because that means... <laughs> that means that Shane has sent it to us first... Rather than his brother. And not to his own brother, <laughs> who, who lives just down the road in Colchester. Oh, well, that's brilliant. Yeah. Uh, continuing on the theme, so ABV at Art by Volume, who designed the, the artwork on the Gibraltar Porter can. Uh, just listen to the podcast. Thanks for the shout out, folks. Really pleased to have been able to work with Shane at the Cheshire Brew House on his first foray into canning his beers. Yeah, nice little link there. Yeah. And obviously, you know, for anyone who doesn't quite remember, Art by Volume were behind our recent rebrand they are and I think all of the winners have now been in touch and should, oh, should, should have their their own signed versions of, of, of the artwork oh nice one excellent uh, from Discomrobulated at Discomrobulated another great show and nice to have it. I'm not reading this one now you're having a laugh Rob nice to have a beer, beer expert's opinion for once unsurprisingly I have on occasion walked right back out of pubs with rubbish beer selections so now you know someone that has from Pete at Hops and Hoops uh, and this was uh, when we released the last show there were were, were a few other podcasts came out at the same point Uh, Pete made the point of UK beer podcast totally smashed it yesterday 
Great episodes and beer o'clock show for Ment Radio and Hot Forward Beers. Excellent content in all. Thank think, you very much, I Pete. Think that just shows the uh, the good health that UK beer podcasting is in. Yep, definitely at, at the moment. At the moment, definitely. Ian Hay at II Hay. Excellent as always. I will be checking out Nat's podcast. Has not listened before, and she was a brilliant guest. Uh, it's well worth checking out. A new one dropped very recently as well. So yeah. give think, give them a listen. I think they're weekly on a Wednesday. Something like that, at, and at she does them in 10 episodes per season, yeah. she was saying, didn't yeah. she? Simon Webster, at Bees Boy, enjoyed listening to the current episode with Beer with, with, beer with Net on my walk here to start a Friday night exploration of the Bermondsey Beer Mile. Well, nice. I would never have gone on a Friday night. Well, I suppose I went I to suppose the a lot of places are now open on yeah, Friday night. there's a load of them on there. It used to be just a Saturday, didn't it? Yeah. Um, from Mr. WP at Mr. Underscore SWP. Another super interesting guest on the show. Thanks a lot for answering my question, Nat. Loved hearing how you got where you are now and about your passion for beer. And I think, you know, that was echoed quite a lot, actually, with a lot of comments and yeah. stuff. Um, it was listening to Nat's journey, which is a, is a fascinating journey, actually. And the, and the risks and the chances she took and the confidence she had in her own ability. So, yeah, I, I, I'm glad everyone enjoyed it because we certainly enjoyed sitting down talking to her, didn't we, and listening oh, to her story. Oh, it was a great chat, yeah. So, and it, it, I'm glad it came across, I have to admit. Yeah. So, from Craig Henderson at the Manchester Smoggy. Just listen to the show, guys. Great, as always. I really enjoyed listening to Beer with Nat. Great passion and knowledge. I enjoyed it even more when she pulled my name out of the hat for the Art by Volume competition. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Well, no wonder you really liked her. <laughs> um, uh, from Adam Johnson at Maybe Not A Fad. Uh, clearly, we've been Beer With Nat was a good influence on you two. As Martin said, don't think we've ever said drink responsibly. Lovely podcast. Listen to both. So nice to see a collaboration. There we go. Collaboration on podcasting as well as beers. And yeah, we actually really... We didn't drink that much. We didn't. We only drank uh, three beers, which I think somebody commented on as well. Yeah. I was was expecting a much shorter show with only three beers. Yeah, and it was actually quite a long show Yeah, for only three beers. Uh, From Miles Lambert at Miles Lambert, our chaps apology accepted, although really not required. Um, And that definitely was my comment on this week's poll. Really enjoyed the chat with Nat. Currently totally overthinking my proposed lineup for five who I'd buy a beer for. Hashtag, can I have 10? Oh, Steve did. I did. <laughs> <coughs> From Paul at UNRCD, absolutely loved this show. So many interesting topics I comment in. One of the interesting things was the discussion about pulling a pint and keeping the nozzle out of the beer. We'll definitely keep an eye out for this in the future. I don't reckon you'll be alone in this particular environment. No, um, but I think there was a point that Nat made in terms of it being keg related not yes, cast and a, related and that's on the next so Adam Nicholson at Adam Nitch I was about to comment until Nat clarified that this was for keg draft dispense I've been to a couple of terrible places that don't dip the cast nozzle just spraying it with a sparkler like a bloody cleaning spray <laughs> that's not what anybody wants is it no definitely no. not and then last one from Sophie at So Beer Blogger another great show guys and feeling so inspired listening to Nat to think about com- completing my beer sommelier certification which friends and family have been encouraging me to do recently the discussion on confidence in particular women's in the beer industry resonated with me and has helped encourage me to believe in my own ability well that's brilliant then yeah and if sophie if you do do it good luck and uh you know obviously let us know how you get on and i think sophie and nat are possibly now talking as, yes as, as well, well in terms of, nat, of nat, nat giving us some advice nat made a very genuine open offer and i think she made the same offer to uh, rich as well 
yeah. his qualifications. So that's really nice of Nat to do that because that's still going to take time out of their day. So good luck to anyone who's taking the exams. Yeah. And thank you to everyone for that feedback on the last few shows. I'm sorry it's built up a little bit. You're sorry it's taken a while. Yeah. But it, doesn't, it doesn't feel appropriate to do it when we've got a guest. Yeah, but it's it's important to us that we do do that. Yes. To, to give people a shout out when they take time to comment on what we've done because that's a huge part of what we're about. Yes, definitely. Keep using the hashtag opinions to, to feedback on what you hear on the show. And if you want to ask us any questions... You may very well get your question read out in this next part of the show. Questions, questions, fill my head. So, from Discomobulated, whose idea it was to drink this beer tonight, do you ever drink in your local pub, i.e. the one closest to your home? So very specific, because we've spoken about your local. Okay. Uh, geographical? No. Never. Uh, my one obviously burned down, but is due to open again it's, soon it's back up now isn't it uh, well the current plan bearing in mind the news we shared earlier and the news which everyone will have, have seen and read about by the time they listen to the show there was supposed to be in two weeks time they were going to have like a grand reopening um, so that may be put on hold but generally no I go there because uh, someone in the family has decided we're going to go and eat there it's a chef and brewer uh, and it's a Green King led pub no Okay, uh, my closest pub is um, quite a rough estate pub now that I've moved that I would I have ventured in once and uh, couldn't wait to get out of there. So not venturing back then. No, and okay. and the next one after that is up at the station, and that's a Green King pub as as, as well. So no, I don't ever drink in. Um, my local pub. No, so good question though. Yeah. I wish I wish that I did have that local pub so oh, close to me that I would love to drink. Oh, it'd be I'm, brilliant. I'm, I'm trying my hardest to claim the Vic. I really am. But even where Emma lives, there are still two or three pubs between her in and the way the, <laughs> and, and, and the Vic for me to truly be able to claim the Vic as my local pub. I know what you're saying because yeah. he, I lived four doors down from a pub when I used to live in Colchester <laughs> and did, it, yeah. it wasn't the Vic. Yeah. It was a Green King pub. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, one more question I think tonight. So, um, sounds lovely. Was attempting to get a good West Coast IPA myself at the bottle shop earlier. Got the bitterness but still hazy. Problem is half the time these days it's not clear what type of IPA it is. Should we ban hazy IPA? And that's from Ian Hay at II Hay. I don't think it's a case of banning hazy IPA. I just think it's a case of better labelling. So I if if it's a West Coast IPA and it states it's a West Coast IPA, I expect it to be clear. I expect it to be crystal clear. It's supposed to be crystal clear, piney resinous, maybe a bit of dank, yeah, bitter. You, and uh, you know, we I think we spoke before about it's a bit of a shame it's had to now had the words West Coast added to it. Yeah, but it serves a purpose. It, it does. I mean, I had one at the weekend that claimed to be a West Coast IPA, and it it poured murky. Well, it's not so, West Coast. So straight it? away, I was like, from an untapped point of view, I was like, well, we've well, lost points because you're not you're not on style. You've not even met the style guidelines. You've missed that, the starting point. Yeah, for me. Um, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a case of banning hazy IPA because let's be honest, a lot of the Colonel beers are hazy. Yep. And their IPAs 
are still great. Yes. And they're very West Coast leaning. I just think it's it's better labelling and especially, better descriptors. Especially, you know, given that we always want stuff to either be in cans or brown or dark bottles. So we can't really see what's inside a lot of the yeah. time either. You, well, you don't know until you get yeah. it in the glass. Kernel, long established, we know what we're going to get. But for the other ones, just make it a bit clearer. Yeah. And then stick with it. Yeah. And, and if... <laughs> If you haven't brewed a West Coast IPA, don't advertise it as such. Please, no, really don't. Because I don't want to be spending four or five quid of my money on a beer that isn't a West Coast IPA no, that I'm not going to enjoy. Because there's a good chance I won't get back to you either. Yeah. It's, it's going to make me think twice next time. But yeah, keep the questions coming. We have got a few lined up for other shows, but we always like seeing these questions. We're, we're trying to get to them in, in, eventually. Yeah. Yeah. But thank you to everyone for the questions. So, we are pretty much at the end of the show. We're pretty much at the end of our glass in terms of the Camden Beer 2019. Obviously, working at home today has built up a first for me. <laughs> Clearly. Because I've been ahead in each beer. How, uh, in that case, why I try and catch yeah. up, how do you think that's changed in the last three months? I said, I think I'll go back to my, my initial thoughts. I think the whiny, like the, the, the grape, the fresh, the fresh white grapeness of it, that's tailed off. The oak tannins are more prevalent. I think you have got a bit of that wood, funky, almost a smoky note to it that's coming through, I think, from the wood as well. Um, but what it has maintained is a drinkability about it. For an 11% brute imperial pills now, which all sounds all kinds of wrong, really. Um, it's, it's really easy to drink. I mean, uh, you know, Plenty of people out there are not lovers of Camden these days because of who, who they're owned by and stuff. But the fact is they are still producing this kind of beer as a seasonal release. Mm. And I think it's, I actually think it's fantastic. And the fact that you can, one of the one of the last few beers you can probably ever buy from Waitrose before it gets banned. <laughs> um, you know, it, 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 it's again just fantastic. I mean, an Imperial Pilsner at 11%, which is available in the supermarket. Yeah, um, I mean, I am largely in agreement with everything you said there. I'm, I'm not getting the smokiness. Um, I think for me, in the last three months, it's it's lost a little bit of the crispness that, that it had. What's in, like the pills and the sharpness? Yeah, but what what's replaced that is kind of a sweetness that also almost is leaning it towards. It's almost becoming like a bit 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 of a Belgian triple. In, in terms of the body and the sweetness can, that's going on I in there. I can see where you're going with that. And I'm I'm really... I'm, I'm so glad Rob suggested this to us at the same time that Waitrose, Waitrose reduced down, the price. Because it's, it's an interesting experiment that we're going to be able to do over the next year in terms of constantly going back to this beer and trying it time and time again. I mean, I think it's just worth... Because, you know, everyone listening now may not have listened to that show. So, so glass of fizz, how about a lager? Gold, bubbly, perfect for any celebration. Our Imperial Pilsner will put you in mind of the fancy French stuff with biscuity malt and fruity grape aroma from Halatau Blanc and Enigma, Enigma Hops. It's aged for eight months in the classic champagne combo of Pinot Noir and Chardonnay barrels. Brute dry and much too tasty to smash on the hull of a ship or spray on a racing car. You know, they have, they've, they've pitched it to be a replacement for you. I mean, you could potentially serve this as like a reception drink or something mm. and it'd be amazing to hear what people would think about it if they didn't see it as a beer bottle to start yeah. off with without the word beer and see what see where they went with it 
Well, I'm intrigued to know if any of our listeners have still got any of this, have tried any of this since we last tried it, what their thoughts are on it as well. Yeah, and if you can still get hold of it, I don't know whether Waitrose do anymore. No, they're it. done now. Yeah, but if, anyone else, if anyone's got any stored away and want to join us on the journey, probably another three months before we have the next one. Yes, so I think we're going to do June, September, and then we're actually going to do one again on the end of year show. Yeah. Because so, we always need another 11% beer on the end of the year show, don't well, we? Well, you know what I'm like. <laughs> yeah. When it comes to that show, I just keep adding the beers. Yeah, it's March, and Steve's already planning it. <laughs> As always, uh, use the hashtag opinions, get involved in everything that we're doing, uh, whether it be comments on the show, questions, any of the the. the, the questions or polls that we run uh we love your involvement uh just a short reminder um that we are still running a competition from the last show in in terms of a chance of winning nat's book nat's book uh started reading that really good yeah excellent so it's it's an it's it's an easy read i think anyone who enjoyed listening to nat speak either on our podcast or on our own will hear her in the book as well yeah We've we've had a lot of entries so far, so um, you've got until the 29th of March to get your entry in because we'll be making the draw on the 30th. You're going to have to go back and listen to the last show though because we're not going to tell you on this show what the question is or what the answer is, so if you want to be in with a chance, uh, listen to the show, send us the answer via DM and you'll go into the draw. Um, and that just about brings us to the end of the show. It does. What have we got coming up next time? We've got our Bud Bar trip, Steve. We, we have, which uh, we had a lot of fun recording the content out there. Yeah. We had a lot of fun drinking the beers while we were out there. That was a lot of fun. Uh, and we had a lot of fun talking about it when we came back as well. Yeah, maybe smile. Maybe yeah. smile remembering our little trip to check you. Yeah. Uh, and you'll get to hear all of that next time. Yeah. Um, but until then, cheers. She fancy a drink, just the one to clear your head. We won't be long, it's a beautiful day to waste away. There's plenty of time for another one. You know you shouldn't do it. You see no reason why she blow your mind, yeah, yeah. Make mine a short time, get it, never wear the wrist. I couldn't care. Must be something I haven't tried, perhaps I bother before my